You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. This is Adam Griffin, and before I introduce you to our distinguished guest, let me first introduce my lovely co-host, the brilliant Cassie Bryant. How you doing today, Cassie? I'm great. Great. Thanks for asking. Oh, I'm good. really excited about Ruth. Oh, well, let's get to it then. (laughs) Well, what a genuine honor to have with us on today's episode. Author, speaker, artist, mother, wife, Ruth Cho Simons. Welcome, Ruth. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing so well. Thank you, guys. What a warm welcome. It's so fun to be here with you guys. Uh, we're so pumped to have you. Now, a quiz as we get started here. Both of us follow you on social media. Both of us love your stuff. But only one of us has stalked you into a restaurant in order to introduce ourselves oh, to you. Oh, I was already uh, eating at the restaurant. I did not follow her into the restaurant. Well, now the quiz when is completely was this? Oh, <laughs> sorry. I gave it away. Cassie, we've met before. I'm oh, so, it was so like, long ago. It was in Indianapolis at the Gospel Coalition. Okay. A group of us from the Village Church. We were there. Ah. Jen Wilkins spoke at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were at this restaurant. I want to say it was dim sum or it was like an Asian fusion restaurant. And you guys were behind us, you and your husband and I had a few other people. And as we paid our check and I was leaving, I was like, I just have to, I have to at least say hi. And so I came and said hi. Uh, so it was favorite. very, very brief, but you had a booth there. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> and you were, of I course, so that. gracious. Yes. <laughs> Did you buy her meal, Cassie? Or no? Did you... <laughs> Oh, thanks, Adam. I did not. <laughs> I should have. You were my boss. I, t- I should have done it and expensed it and be like, I just, I bought Ruth's. Uh, uh, I definitely would have been. I would have you would have been so that. willing. Yes. <laughs> uh, when you do go out to restaurants as a family, as a whole family, uh, oh, yeah. do you feel like people stare at you because of how many boys you guys are tracking with you? Oh, Adam, it is the funniest thing. It's not just dinner. <laughs> the other day after church, um, we decided we were all going to go into the grocery store because I'm at a point now where if they have to like eat 3000 calories a day. I need to know what they want to eat. Right. So I'm taking all six boys. So after church, I mean, I will tell you, I look nice. I mean, I was dressed up. It wasn't a sweat state, but we went into the supermarket, you know, in the times of COVID and we took all the kids and you know what? People couldn't get around us. We were like an island, like a mass in the middle of this grocery store. And yes, everybody looks at us. And uh, thankfully the boys have learned that between what their mom does and just the fact that they are really eccentric as a, as a whole group and a unit, they're pretty well behaved. So thankfully they're, they're respectful and kind and do help others get the can down from the top shelf. So we're not a nuisance, but I will say, yes, it's kind of overwhelming when we go places all together. Oh, I bet. So oh, I love getting to see you guys invest in your kids though, from a distance. It's such a, such a blessing to me as a, as a dad to get to see that. Mm-hmm. I'm a dad of three boys. Cassie's a mom of three girls. She said you are, I think she described you as double her opposite. You are yes. double her opposite. Double my opposite. (laughs) I've been watching, I've been on Instagram, I've been following for years and just like in awe because it's like, A, I can't imagine six kids and I cannot imagine the opposite gender because three girls, it's so different, you know, but. Right. There's a reason why I started, you know, there's a reason why I started Motherhood is Sanctifying as a hashtag. What doesn't come naturally comes by grace because really, I, I, I write that I'm an unlikely mama to six in my profiles because I'm not a mama to six because I'm so good at it. It's mm. because God is doing a work through I love through it. my weakness in that, you know. So. All right. For the listener who hasn't stalked you into a restaurant and refused to buy you a meal, <laughs> could you tell us a little bit about 
uh, maybe just a little bit about the Simons family, about you, about kind of the, the work that you do, what Grace Laced is, but also just who you are as a mom and a wife. Yeah, thank you. So yes, I am an author of several books, an artist, and the founder of GraceLaced.com, which started off, you know, a decade and a half ago as a blog where as a pastor's wife in that season, I was simply trying to find God's grace in my everyday, how it intersected my daily life in the middle of Cheerios, Legos, temper tantrums, diapers, all those things. And so in the same 10 years, uh, my husband, I, I would not recommend this, but we had six boys. We started a school and we started a church. And um, I, I just, a little ambitious, right? And yeah. uh, that decade was the richest, busiest, most sanctifying decade of our lives. We were young married as well. And in that season, my husband, Troy, was um, a teaching pastor for several, uh, for seven years at the church that we planted, and then overlapped with seven years of being a headmaster at the Classical Christian School. We also founded, co-founded with others. And so um, in this particular season now, we are full-time with the business um, the blog turned business and e-commerce website, gracelace.com, where I get to share my artwork um, and not just artwork, but artwork that directs our hearts and our minds and our gaze to the truth of God's word, helping us to think through how God's grace intersects our daily lives. And so I'm grateful, super grateful to be here sharing these things. Uh, well, first of all, I love I love your artwork. I love the like the truth and beauty. And that is a very classical, the truth, goodness, beauty. My children are in a classical school here in Dallas. And um, I just learned that as I was reading your book, I learned that about your husband. I had no idea that you guys had started a school and it's just such a beautiful model of education. Our last episode that we did on the podcast, we talked about what we call family discipleship time. We think about family discipleship in a couple different buckets. And one of those is the intentional time that you plan and spend with your family and God's word and discipling your children. And it's just that rhythm that your family for the purpose of talking about the gospel. One of the reasons we wanted to talk with you is because among all the great things you've written uh, and painted, uh, you and your husband have kind of put out this resource, the foundations resource for families to use together for family worship. I've looked through it and read it. When I bought it, I did not know that it was going to be like daily devotionals that you can walk through with your family. I love that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about why you guys put this out and just how it came about? Yeah, thank you. So I guess I skipped the part in my introduction that I'm a mama to six boys, but, but mm. you figured that out already. The listener has already listened to that part of it. But the truth is, as I was sharing about my life, people were like, how are you training up these boys? How do you help them understand the gospel? And there was a season, and I don't know if you followed me long enough to remember when I did this, but I would like sneak behind the wall and like capture little moments that Troy would be talking to the boys. And the goal that I was trying was trying to just help families see how simple and how imperfect this could be, how just every day, and it doesn't have to be this big, elaborate thing. But it was, you know, as they got older, it was a little awkward to be like hiding behind a tree, trying to capture <laughs> the little moments they were having, um, talking about scripture. And so what, how this book came to be was, you know, there was one Father's Day and I, I said, Troy, have you noticed that every time we go to Hobby Lobby, we're always seeing these Our Family Rule posters? You know, mm -hmm. it was always like, in this house, we say, please, we take off our shoes or we're like, whatever, I don't know, we, we eat <laughs> butter. Or, you know, there are all these cute <laughs> signs that you can buy. And I said, what do you think Our Family Rules are? And he goes, well, I wouldn't call them rules, but ultimately, if I were to look up at something hanging on my wall, I would want my boys to recognize how the gospel and the one another's of the gospel really shape and define 
who we long to be and how we're asking God to change us. And yeah. so I said, well, then will you please write that. those? And so he just penned 12. They're not exhaustive. They're not like everything we want for our family. And they're not, you know, they're not everything that God's word says. It's just, we took 12 and I painted them. They went in the shop. They're still in the shop. You can purchase them. Shameless plug. But the reality <laughs> is, you know, families needed more than just something they could just look at. They needed a little bit of assistance to say, how do we get this conversation started? Yeah. So um, we had an opportunity to turn those 12 into a family devotional. And, you know, it's interesting because we as a family don't necessarily feel that devotions are absolutely necessary. Devotionals, like reading, like we get together, we read and act. you can talk about the word of God with your kids without a yeah. book like my book. So this is not me saying the only way you can reach your child's heart is by reading foundations or anybody else's devotional. It's the word of God that you really need. But yes. the truth is most of us are exhausted. We're running around, taking our kids to one thing or another, or work gets the better of us and we get home and we're barely figuring out what to eat for dinner. And it's hard to know sometimes where to start. And so foundations is meant to point us back to God's word so that we learn, okay, this is as simple as just telling a story of how it applies to my life, asking a question and engaging the conversation that brings the gospel to bear into life in our home. So that's the goal of foundations to lay that foundation of truth. I love that. And you talked a little bit about, you know, sneaking these little snapshots of your family, which I know like other families will appreciate now. I'm sure your boys and your family will really appreciate later kind of reflecting on those as well, seeing those little snapshots of time. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what what time in the word looks like for your family or even how it's changed as your kids have grown older. Like, I, I don't know the the age range of your kids, but I know some of your kids are, are teenagers now, right? And so what is it? Yes. What does time in the word look like for your family and how has it changed as you've had busier seasons or harder seasons? And do you kind of make plans or just figure it out as you go? Yeah, those are really good questions. Well, I call my boys man cubs and some of them are more men now than cubs and some of them are still the cubs, you know. The oldest is 19 and the youngest is eight. So about every two and a half years. So I have that whole range. Well, honestly, Adam and Cassie, like years ago, I would say even like five or six years ago, it looked like maybe two kids poking each other during um, a family <laughs> devotion time, somebody throwing something across the room and then getting in a fight. And then we have to stop everything and address their hearts about why they even got in an argument and then how to get back to it. And by then, everybody, we've already lost their attention. So some of your listeners right now might be in that season where you're like, I can't even get five minutes in without somebody's yelling at someone or somebody like cuts themselves. And now we have like a wound that we have to address. You know, it's always yeah. something crazy. In this particular season right now, we have stuck with it long enough that we fit it in as we go day by day. And it's not a ritual. It's not um, systematic necessarily. It's not even like every single day at 5.30. I would say that there were seasons where we had to schedule it, where we said, okay, yeah. every single morning or every single afternoon, and that's just what we're going to do. We're going to do 10 minutes right here. But right now, as my kids have gotten older and there's different schedules for school going on. We fit it in sometimes in the car, sometimes um, around the breakfast table, sometimes because we're all at the dinner table and we can gather there. And so I say that just to bring a little encouragement to people in different seasons because yeah. seasons change and there, there are seasons when everybody's paying attention and there are seasons when you got to really have 
like a nice dessert out so that everybody will stick around, you know? Um, and then of course there are seasons when you have littles and those are the seasons where I would say you just trust God to do the work. You just keep doing it and you don't have to have the most brilliant conversation. You just speak the gospel in your everyday context and pray that the Lord will just plant seeds there. And yeah, yeah the, but the book is really set up to be for all ages, making sure that there's ways to cater the conversation or the question for youngers and olders. I love the uh, encouragement that is to the parent who also feels like their family discipleship time is not perfect. Their family worship is not perfect, or it's not either rhythmically or consistently perfect, or in its, a, in its execution, it's not perfect. No one is seeking that from you. There, there's great encouragement to be found that even in the Simon's house, who's leading leaders, we see that. And I love that you brought up too um, the idea of rituals and how it's not always this ritual. Cassie, what was that line that you loved from the Foundation's book? Oh, the relationship is a it's a stronger motivator than ritual. And I just yeah. thought that was so great. And even in, like we talking about you taking those snapshots, it's like the relationship of your your boys with their dad. Um, I think you also talked about how that picture that you would get in the morning when they'd come downstairs and he'd hug them. And that's like how we're received by the father in the morning when we come to his word. It's like a big hug to get us started in our day. It establishes there's a relationship here. And I didn't always understand that, Cassie. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I think for a long time, um, I even recently released a book called When Striving Cease because Mm -hmm. my background is one where I was very performance oriented. I was like perfection oriented. I'm that mom that kind of struggles with, you know, didn't I tell you how to make your bed once? Like, why do I have to say it again? Or in my, in my own life, I struggle with, Hey, I got stuck in first Samuel. I didn't read much further. I guess I failed for Mm -hmm. my Bible reading this year. Let's start all over. I'm that kind of person who by my nature in my own flesh, I would give up all the time because it's not perfect. And so when somebody asks me, how did you get your boys to want to read their Bibles? Mm-hmm. And my immediate answer is that I sure wish I could have legislated that into a beat. Right? <laughs> I, I wish I could have posted a big thing on the, the door that said, you will not eat if you don't love the word of God. You will not get dinner unless you read these three chapters. But yeah. you, you guys, you know. That, yeah. that will never work. It doesn't work in our hearts. It doesn't work in yeah. our lives. Yeah. It's not transformative. And so even if you can um, incentivize or force or, you know, try to get everybody on a chart, that does not ensure that hearts are won by the gospel. And so yeah. we have found over and over again is that we as parents have to go first. If you want to have quiet yes. time, if you want to have a devotional, if you want to talk about the gospel, if you want to normalize repentance, if you want to normalize confession and asking forgiveness, any of those things, you kind of have to just go first and let them and model yeah. for them and have something for them to say, oh, she's not perfect either. Mama can also ask forgiveness. Mama also struggles with getting in the word and she still yeah. sticks with it. Let me join her in that. And that is more, that's what you were talking about, Cassie, is like the relationship and being wooed by something sweet and aromatic is so much more powerful than being asked to do something because of guilt or fear that yeah. if you don't, you're going to miss out. Oh, Ruth, you're speaking our language. This is like, we, we, we have an episode this season on modeling and how that it's mm-hmm. out of an overflow of our relationship with Christ and um, that we are going to disciple our kids. It's not, you know, with all, it's on all these like rules and 
we're not going to legislate it anyway. How about, will you tell us, let's think about the opposite side of the spectrum in terms of not just like where we've maybe failed or had like difficult times and how it's been challenging throughout the years, but what are some of your favorite memories? You have a, a standout memory with your boys where there was like a light bulb moment for one of your kids or, you know, it just really like truth really shone through one of them that you would love to share? Yeah, well, I... I, I mean, I obviously can't remember a specific date or how old they were, but I really will remember. I really remember the specific time where, um, and this has happened a few times, but I remember the first time that Troy um, grabbed his Bible after dinner and, like usual, was going to share something. But he paused, and we were all like, mm, "What's what's he going to say tonight?" Because sometimes, you know, you're like, "Dad's about to pontificate and go off and talk about something." <laughs> but he actually, um, he just teared up and just sobbed mm. that night. And mm. and it wasn't out of it wasn't shame or guilt. Something hadn't something horrible hadn't happened. It was just that he was so overcome with how stressful life can be. Because we all gather together at the end of the day, and we're kind of going wow, we made it, how stressful life can be, but how much that wanes when you see how great God is. And I just yeah. remember that night that he, like, if you just go to your child and say, do you know how great God is? He's mm-hmm. so great that you don't have to worry. That's a hard concept to just immediately for somebody to say, well, then what do I do about not having friends? What do I do about really wanting yeah. that new dirt bike that I want, but I don't have money for? Like, you know, that's not an immediate application. But when you see your dad say, yeah. You saw me lose my temper today. I'm tired. I'm going through these things. But when I read these words from the word of God, I was reset once again that God and eternity is so much bigger, so much more glorious. So then he could go on and talk about the greatness of God. And you know what, guys? The boys weren't fidgeting. They didn't throw paper across the room. They weren't fussing. They were mesmerized because their dad got vulnerable and he got so, and it wasn't staged. He wasn't like, tonight's a, (laughs) going to be a joker tonight. You know, he wasn't being silly. He really was just saying, I'm going to let my family in to my Mm -hmm. struggles and also to how God's word like totally lays me flat and I I bow and I end up worshiping instead of worrying. And um, I will always remember that time because it made me realize how much they are paying attention. But the thing that gets them and the thing that invites them in is when we're saying it applies to me. And I want to tell you about how I'm learning. I love that. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set it's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. 
Go check it out today, lithoskids.com. And remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. Hey, listeners, we live in a world where anxiety, depression, and weariness seem to be the basic descriptors of our lives. For many of us, our calendars and our plates are overfull, yet our lives still lack joy. But it doesn't have to be this way. Jesus invites you to have true and abundant joy that's only found in Him. In John 15, Jesus reveals three very surprising pathways to finding this type of joy. You can discover these pathways in the new book, Overflowing Joy, by author and Bible teacher Tara Dew. This is available at LifeWay.com, and you can save 40% off with the code JOY40. Again, that's J-O-Y, the number four, the number zero, at LifeWay.com. The new book is Overflowing Joy by Tara Dew. Check it out. I'm going to read a quote from your book. Sometimes we parents want a formula, a magic prescription that will ensure well-behaved, happy kids and a God-honoring home. But there are no formulas or prescriptions that ensure such things. There's only a call to know God and be transformed by Him. Would you just unpack that for us? How is that an encouragement to the tired and anxious parent? I think that's a reminder. I mean, everything I write is ultimately me preaching to myself, you know, mm. and um, that's a reminder even to me and what I would say to myself as well as the listeners right now is that you can always like we're called to just begin again tomorrow today begin to begin again right now even yeah. if we failed this morning even if we said we were going to get up at 6 30 but we didn't even if we feel like we failed at something there's no formula because God's after our hearts he yeah. like starting with us as parents but our kids as well so at the end of the day the goal the absolute final goal is not that we would have our pillows fluffed and our dishes done. And then we'd sit together with our hands on our laps, singing Amazing Grace and having a 30-minute quiet time uninterrupted. That's not the goal. The goal is our presence with God and knowing His heart for Him to transform ours, to win us over so that we would hate sin and love Him. Like that's the goal, worship, right? And so if that's the goal, then every single failure, every single success, every single single I tried, but I got to adjust now, I'm not sure if that's working. Every single one of those moments is meant to point us back to how does this bring me closer to Him? And so even if Today, you're listening and you're going, well, you know, my, my husband isn't leading. I'm not, I'm in a dry season. I haven't read my Bible in a while. I don't really know how to even lead my kids. I'd say, start with just one small thing. Start just, you know, read one Psalm today and ask yourself, what do I, what did I learn about God today? And I can tell my kids about it. Yeah. And I promise you starting there, just starting again um, is more effective than you know. Wow. I'm, I'm pumped up from that. That's, yeah. that's so great, Ruth. Uh, one thing people can't help but notice about your book, if if they have it, if they have it, if, if they get it, they'll notice right away, speaking of worship, the kind of like the awe-inspiring pictures, artwork, paintings throughout, from the cover to the pages within. It is a colorful, beautiful book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Was that always, is that your vision or was it just a combination of all your talents? You're like, I, I want to combine this kind of a worshipful work that you do in the books that you're creating. It's It's beautiful. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, thanks, Adam. Well, for sure, um, my first book was 
Grace, Grace Lace, Discovering Timeless Truths Through Seasons of the Heart. And it combined photos and writing and artwork because I really believe, I really believe that the church, believers, Christ followers do not need to choose between good doctrine and beauty. Yeah. And for whatever reason, for too many years, we're kind of like, if you're serious about the word, you need to go get this tome of a book that's very mm-hmm. academic. And then if you want something pretty, you go to anthropology. <laughs> Well, I'm a girl, you know, but I'm just saying like you, you have this idea that it's separate, but God doesn't separate those things. You know, God makes us image bearers to reflect his beauty. And every single day I say all the time, I wake up and I look outside and I realize I have nothing to do with that sunrise. And it is the most spectacular, glorious, most beautiful thing. And I chase sunsets at night because I go, it's just a good reminder to me that I did not have anything to do with this creation. And I'm not the one holding all things together. And so when I go to create um, books like this, my four color books, I really seek to just reflect some of that handiwork that God has just displayed everywhere around us so that we might see that he's God and we're not. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if there's a little bit of awe and wonder in my books, I'm so grateful. I'm, that's my goal. I, my, my hope is that um, readers would read, but also linger long. Like when some, a page is really beautiful, you don't flip it as quickly. Yeah. So yeah. Well, it'll engage the little, the little eyes around too. Mm-hmm. It gives them something to look at while you're reading to them, which I love. Okay, you've talked a little bit about Troy and how he's led your home and how have you kind of seen both of your roles in leading your family's time? Like what is what has your role been in that? Does it has it changed throughout the seasons? And we just kind of speak to how y'all work together as a team. Well, my role is that I nag. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm, if I'm, gonna be super I'm familiar honest. with that role. <laughs> I mean, my role is that I go, did we forget to do it? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not totally kidding. I'm being really honest and saying that it's really easy for, um, and I hope that there are sisters out there who are nodding their heads and going, yep, I get it. It's really easy for me, if I'm honest, to call out all the mistakes and all the things that, all the misses in our lives. Ooh, we missed this. We're not doing it well enough. We're not going to have their hearts if we don't have it done perfectly like this, this, this. Um, That's why I mentioned that, just that that's always a fight for me to Mm -hmm. just say, wow, my role um, at the very start is to encourage both of us for us to encourage one another and say, hey, just start again today. Let's do it. Let's do it again. And so um, in our 23 years of marriage, I would say I have not always done that right. I've definitely had times where I've been like, I'm so discouraged. You're not leading better. Um, and that surely has never. Really what every man wants to hear. <laughs> super helpful. So I'm just going first and being really vulnerable in this podcast. I love just it. Being honest and saying, um, yeah. you know, I'll just be honest that it's hard sometimes to not want to take over because, you know, the fall, um, just yeah. to be like, I can do it better. And so, yes, it really is one of those things where we talk throughout the day and we remind each other like, hey, don't forget let's share this with the boys. And it's not just his job to lead. I don't just sit around with my hands crossed waiting and saying, well, you, you know, what do you have planned for today? You know, you got to get it just right. It's usually making sure that I've also created an environment where that conversation can start. And that really means, Hey, we remind one another, let's not have phones at the table. Let's uh, make sure that we prepare the boys to know that, Hey, we're all going to stick around after dinner today, tonight, um, so that they don't anticipate that this is going to be a quick one and they can get off and get things done. And so, um, I would say my number one role right now is 
to share what I'm learning as well and not relying on only Troy being the one who has something to say. Ruth, your humility, your honesty, your vulnerability, yeah. I just, I'm blown away right now. Thank you so much. This is going to be so encouraging to so many very real parents who are listening. One thing we hear a lot from parents is about how so many things are competing for their family's time. You talked about not having phones at the table. I think it's a good example of kind of a, a guideline that's going to help protect that. What do you, you get the chance to speak. You get the chance to write. You're, you are such an encourager when you speak to people on social media. If, if, if you could, for just a minute, speaking directly to the parent who's listening that feels too busy or feels too ill-equipped to lead family worship in their home, what encouragement would you offer them? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question. And I would just say something is discipling you and me at all times. Something yeah. is discipling our kids. That is not... Um, that's not up for grabs. Like it, even if you think you're not being discipled by Netflix, if the majority of your time is spent watching Netflix, you're being discipled by Netflix. Yeah. If the majority of your time is scrolling social media and seeing what everybody's doing, you bet that is discipling your heart. Yeah. And if the majority of your time is spent on text messages with your friends because you want to escape the difficulties of home and training up your kids, that's also discipling. And so it's not that Netflix is wrong or um, hanging out with friends is wrong. And social media, you all know, I work on social media. None of those things are wrong and they can be wonderful resources and tools and just entertainment in our lives even. But I think we need to start redefining how it is that we are shaped and realize that who we will become and who our families will become in five years and 10 years happens with every day, small day, mundane day, every moment of our, of our lives. Like we can't just sit around and go, I'm sure one day we'll figure out how to love Jesus together. I'm sure one day we'll learn how to confess sin with one another. We got to start right now. So my encouragement to the parent that's weary and exhausted and feeling like, well, I've got a million things to do. And if I don't do them, nothing will be held together. I would say, number one, we have to start first with what do we really believe about God? Do we really think that everything is hinged on our ability to hold things together? Because, um, yeah. you know, the word literally says that he is the one who holds all things together as That's we read right. in Colossians. But so I think it starts with belief, but at the same time, on a practical level, I would say, parents, write down everything you think depends on you in a day and everything. And then it's kind of a good exercise. I've done this before to actually log what you do in a day's time. And it might shock you how much time you're spending reading the paper. Well, not the paper these days, reading the <laughs> app, right? How much time you're actually listening to a podcast. And we're on a podcast right now. It's a wonderful resource. But if you are saying yes to four hours of podcasting, you're probably saying no to something else. So mm -hmm. even good things can be taking up a precious moment that, um, you can spend with your kids shaping their hearts, shaping Amen. your heart before them. Amen. Okay, you've mentioned your newer book that has just come out, the When Striving Cease book. Can I'm already wanting to add it to my cart. I figured we've got foundations. We'll start that as a family soon to work through that because I just think it's so beautiful and I think my girls will love it. But I also, as someone who also has a very high bar for herself and those around her, am interested to hear more about Stri When Striving Cease. Thank you. Striving Cease, When Striving Cease really should have 
maybe been my first book, but the Lord led me to do a more art and devotional ministry to begin with. But What's Driving Cease is really the story of how God's grace changed my life and became the cornerstone of my ministry, my business, um, everything I talk about. Because really for somebody like me raised between two cultures, always wondering if I measure up, kind of always scanning the horizon, like, am I wearing the right clothes? Am I doing the right thing? I mean, this happened long before social media even came mm-hmm. about, but feeling like I am what I do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be raised in my cultural context to even, um, and mine is that I was born in Taiwan. My family um, immigrated, or came from China to Taiwan, from Taiwan to the United States. And so ultimately between three, you know, peoples and lands, we ultimately had me raised up in a kind of a world where performance and seeking approval was key. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we are now more than ever living in a time where we all feel that. We all Mm -hmm. constantly feel that um, there is a bar or a standard or a way in which we can make our lives count. And sometimes that's informed by social media. And it's really hard to understand the grace of God. What we read in Ephesians 2, um, free, like really literally the the grace that saved us from our deadness, our inability to save ourselves. And that makes us transform so that we can actually do the very good work that he has for us. And so we're so obsessed with finding our callings and discovering our purpose and living our best life and improving ourselves. We're so obsessed with self-help in our culture that we're missing that the actual agent of change is the grace of God that takes away all the part parts of like earning favor and arriving by our performance and takes that away and allows us to be free to do exactly what God's called us to do. And so it really is my story of coming to understand grace and how even now I have to remind myself to realign myself, my heart with what is true and my boys too, right? Rather than like, you are what you do or you are how well you behave, Mm -hmm. but rather you are the person God has created you to be and you, you're the fullness of who you are will be understood and realized the more you know Christ and become more like him. Mm. What a vision. Yeah. I need to, I need more of that. I need to, that confidence you have in grace and sharing that. What an encouragement. Mm-hmm. Ruth, before we let you go, would you mind sharing with us some of the prayers that you have for your kids right now? If our listeners want to pray for the Simons, what can they ask God for on your behalf? Oh, thank you. That is such a sweet question. I have um, one in college, one that's college bound soon in the next year, and one that's learning not to fight with his brother, you know, so we've got all, and then we've got one, if when you have six boys, um, anyone with multiples knows that, you know, it's rare that all six will like the same exact thing. Mm. There's always one who will be kind of wondering, where do I fit in, in this whole situation? So we're asking, we're praying, it's our prayer that, um, the Lord show each of our boys, how each one is made uniquely and that they don't have to be like anybody else and that the only one that they they need to emulate is Christ and that we're proud of them and we love them. Even if they're not the most sporty or the most creative or they don't have to be any of those things, they can just be exactly who God made them to be. Um, And secondly, I would just say this is my prayer for our family. And I hope that any listener would adopt this as the prayer for themselves too, just that in this in this climate and with the with them being the generation that goes forward from all that we're experiencing now, 
that their faith would be genuine, that they would recognize what the counterfeit really is, that they wouldn't be wooed by just something that sounds almost like the truth, but not the truth. Sounds kind of like good doctrine, but has a big dose of I'm the hero of everything. And I'm just praying for discernment for my boys. But while I'm praying, I'm also saying they won't know the truth until they hear, unless they really hear and know the truth. So they, Mm. they have to, they have to be taught. And, and so that's what gets me up in the morning, reminding me that, um, I can't just feel, have good feelings and have wishful thinking that will lead them to the throne. I have to remind them that, um, discernment is is difficult and we have to fight mm-hmm. for it. That's really good. Uh, Ruth, wow. Thank you so yeah. much for inviting us into your home in that way. It's just such an honest, vulnerable, helpful picture of yeah. how you are a mother and just how you are a spiritual leader, how mm-hmm. you share that role with your husband. And you have had a huge impact. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. Yeah. And next time I run into you at a restaurant, I promise to pay and I'll bill Adam. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really do hope that happens. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful encouragement to my heart to even just share these things. And um, I pray that this will be a blessing to all you listeners. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please give us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on social media. We love you listeners. We'll be back next week with more good stuff. We'll see you then.